0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bell Air Radio. I'm your host, Jason Small, and it's your girl, Misha B. Misha, let's take our listeners a journey back six months ago at Waffle House. Do you rem- remember our little outing at Waffle House? How could I
1: ever forget it, Jason? That changed our life. That changed our whole junior
0: experience at Benny College. I can never forget it. I remember ordering just ordering the all-star mm-hmm. with the grip bowl and then the phone went off so it was just Jason
1: at the table and at that time it was the middle of March so that is when COVID-19 had just begun to spread rapidly or that we started hearing more about COVID-19 and so um before, whatever case may be, we were doing fine in school. We were meeting every Friday for the radio show. We were going out bowling, skating, you know, just living our best lives. We <laughs> never would have thought that in the middle of March, our, our whole junior year experience was changing. Like, Jason, did you think that we would have to move off campus when we did
0: in March? No, I I really didn't. I, I was just shocked I mean it was it was like news circling that you know we may have to leave but we were like yeah okay we got it. right then like, it right. is small we're gonna stay but mm, and, and that, I was thinking like you know okay? uh, uh, uh,
1: uh. I was thinking like we only had like what well, we have like two more months in school we're gonna just finish out the semester you know right um because it, like it was a thing but I just feel like you wasn't really paying that much attention to it like that and then when it kind of got blown out of proportion, it was like, okay, we really have to get off campus. Like, this is serious. I was like, okay. Yeah. When they sent that email that night, when we were at Waffle House, you know, eating our waffle. I just kind of knew <laughs> off gate, like, been in this series. When they said caution and it was in red, I
0: was like, okay, we really want <laughs> to have to get off campus. Like, this is no game. But after hearing, you know, the big news, we were crushed, you know, we were a little bit upset. But we decided to move on with the night and we went bowling. And speaking of Waffle House, Misha B, you had a segment on Waffle House before, right? I
1: sure did, Jasha Smalls. I had a segment on Waffle House versus IHOP, and after this segment, we'll be back to talk to you a little bit more about our journey from March of 2020 up until now. Waffle House or IHOP?
2: Waffle House all the way.
0: And
1: why do you say Waffle House?
2: It's cheap and it's always good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Period. Okay, princess. So, which restaurant do you like better? Waffle House or IHOP? Okay. So, I prefer IHOP over Waffle House, partly because I just feel like IHOP has a better setup. Um, it's not as clustered. I do feel like they keep up with cleanliness. And they have a large variety, in my opinion. And also, I just really enjoy their food. I had waffles from Waffle House. And the waffles were good, but it didn't compare to me to the um, chocolate chip pancakes at IHOP so I guess but Waffle House <laughs> is better in my opinion no, I'm just <laughs> okay Coriana so which one do you like better AHA or Waffle House IHOP why do you like IHOP better than Waffle House
0: um because I think Waffle House food is very greasy Waffle House or IHOP I would say out of both of those choices I like Waffle House better and why would you say Waffle House I would say Waffle House because the food is more, like, real in a way. And then I am a waffle kind of girl, so I like the waffles, and it's much cheaper. So it's cost-effective for, like, college students. Hmm.
1: Well, there you have it. Waffle House is the winner. I guess my sisters have good taste. Tune in next week for more with Misha B. with T. So
0: at Waffle House, we were talking to our parents, and we were just, Coming up with different plans that we needed to just leave campus quick and get home. So for me, my mom said she was coming the next day. We're gonna pack up this room and we're gonna do whatever we have to do. We're gonna get on the road right after we get done. So Mm -hmm. that experience for me was a little. It was it was a lot. You know, I have a lot of clothes. So I had we we made like five different trips back to FedEx just to ship my clothes home because everything couldn't fit in the car.
1: So when I talked to my mom at Waffle House, our conversation was a tad bit different. She wasn't as surprised or shocked as I thought she would be. It was kind of more, she gave off a little bit more of like a, I kind of already knew that was going to happen attitude because she works at UNCG and that's another college here in Greensboro. So I feel like she already kind of suspected like, okay, you guys are going to be moving off campus sooner or later. Um, and she kind of just was like, well, you know, um, we're going to just pack up your stuff and we'll just move you. And she was just kind of like calm about the whole thing. Like she wasn't anxious and, you know, hectic. it wasn't like a hectic experience or anything like that. And plus, like I mentioned before, I do live 15 minutes up the road from Bennett College. So it's like, it really wasn't a big deal. Like we can just take a couple of trips back home and just get my stuff. So she was pretty much calm about the whole experience. And I think she was kind of more so happy that I would be home rather than being on campus. Cause that would be like a more safer precaution to take. And then too, she has her daughter back at home. So it's like, she don't have to call me every 30 minutes or every hour. You know, she can just come in my room or talk to me and we can talk about different things. So I think she's kind of enjoying the whole process until I start getting on her nerves. Like, oh, I wish she was back at school. So
0: <laughs> I would say it's the same for me too. Like, I I don't know, but if my mom is listening, she might agree that she loves having me here. Like, she knows she loves having me here. She's not lonely, because, you know, yes, Carmisha and I, we are the only children in the household. So, you know, when we we leave, it's just our moms. But now, since we're home, they have the luxury of having us. (laughs) Yeah, like, you can't really beat having your daughters home, and it's
1: like... They call us all the time. When we're at school, so it's like when we're home. It's like, exactly. okay, I know you miss me. You want to cook for me. You want to love on me because I'm the only child. It gets no better than us. Like, exactly. Like being the only child is the best feeling. And I know some people may think like, you know, it, it can be lonely sometimes. But listen, with, between my family and my friends, I am never lonely. Um, uh, yep. I get what I want, you know. Not I'm, <laughs> spoiled, I'm not spoiled, y'all. I'm just well taken care of, and yeah, like what I like. Jash, can you
0: can you vouch for that? Like, I totally agree. I'm I'm with you 100. percent So we're back at home with our moms, and we had about a month and a half to finish the rest of the semester. So for me, my classes, it was like, um, you know, the same amount of classes that we would have back at school. We had at home and they were all they were still at the same time it was still the same workload so it was a lot to juggle because we had to pick up where we left off from school to now being at home
1: i was i was stressed out like when like jason said we kind of had to pick up where we left off but to me i felt like it was more stressful being at school I had time to really kind of like balance out my schedule and like if I had questions about something it was like a one-on-one type of thing we had projects due after projects it was like you would have 10 pages due this week and you know present your marketing final this week and
0: turning a story from COVID-19 this week it was just always it was a lot here's some highlights from our virtual courses last spring What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Jasha, and during this time, I decided to, you know, chat up with some girls on Zoom, and my first guest is my good sis, Myasia Fagan.
2: What's going on, Asia?: What's going on, Jash? What's going on, everybody? I'm Myasia Fagan. I'm a junior journalism media studies major from the Bennett College, and I'm also one of the founders of Pray Go Pray, which you'll hear about really soon.
0: Yes. So, Maya, what's been going on? Like, what have you been doing during quarantine? Like, this is crazy.
2: What is there to do? i just been sleeping, honestly. Like, you know, here, I live in Connecticut, so mostly everything is shut down. You can't really go anywhere. Can't even go outside without a mask on. So, I really just been resting, staying in the house with family. Um, I've been eating a lot too, but we ain't, go- we ain't mm-hmm. gonna talk about that. Uh-uh. <laughs> but yeah, i just been resting like since school was over, just taking some time to, you know, catch up on some stuff. Tell me, like, how did you feel like having to pack up and leave school so soon? It was crazy. I think what was so ironic about it was that, you know, as college students, we were like, I want to go home. Like I hope you know. I hope we be able to yeah. go home. Yeah. We really got that email. We were like, wait, no. <laughs> like it was crazy. And then like we had to move out that within that same week. So just like making preparations, having to pack up my home room by myself because my family is in Connecticut. So my mom having to take off work to come and get me. It was just a lot. And then, you know, leaving my friends, like leaving y'all. Like, yes. I miss I miss y'all. like the whole campus life. What
0: are some of the things you've been doing to like, you know, stay busy, you know, since school is over now,
2: but like, what's some of the things you're planning to do to stay busy? Yeah, so I definitely been taking walks because staying in the house all the time can definitely be depressing. So me and my family, we take morning walks now. Like, we live right next to the beach. So we'll get up really early, really early and just go take a walk on the beach. Um, so that's one of the things I've been doing. I guess you can call it exercising. Um, and just, like I said, sleep and grime. I'm not really doing nothing special. I'm doing nothing that anybody else really doing. But I think just staying active and, like, you know, keeping my heart rate up just so that I don't get, like, lazy and just inactive. So after finishing
0: our virtual courses, it's summertime now. So even though it was summer, you know, we were still in quarantine. So life was a little bit slow. You know, we we thought that summer was just going to be the best summer ever. 2020 was supposed to be a hit. It was supposed exactly. to be going on vacations, taking trips, doing, doing everything in that that wasn't the case so how about for you Carmisha? What, what were some of the things you were going to do this summer mm. so my birthday is in the summer is in
1: august so i was planning on going to arizona for my birthday that got canceled um i think we were also planning to go to like the beach for like a weekend like weekend getaway mm-hmm. that got canceled um and yeah so after i kind of like after everything was getting canceled for the most part i was just like i just got to a point in time I was like, I don't want to do nothing I'm just gonna chill and watch tv oh and yes I, so I kind of like hit like a spot where I would say I was depressed but I just didn't know what to do and how to go forward moving on could you relate to that type of experience Jasha?
0: I can definitely relate because you know we're 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 so used to being on campus and just being on go and having different opportunities and then we were stuck at home More than like what we planned to be, so it's kind of like we were just stuck. We were stuck in one spot, and it was just hard. I would definitely agree that you know had a little had a little moment there where it was just like, "What is life right about now?" Right. But luckily, we did pick up with the swing of things, and we started working in the summer. Right, permission?
1: Exactly, because we got to make our coins.
0: Period. We have to keep going with the JMS momentum, okay? Exactly. They taught us better than that. Yes. So for me, I started working with a semi-professional basketball team here in Atlanta called Georgia Spartans, and I did a lot of social media work. I was their media correspondent at some of their community events. Well, Jasha, that sounds pretty cool. I haven't
1: heard about that. Can we listen to some of your highlights? Sure. What's
0: going everybody? Right now I'm here with the founder of Georgia Spartans, Gerald Sharon, what's going on? How you doing today? Thank you for coming out today and supporting our event today. Oh, no problem,
2: no problem. And I'm here with a, a Spartan. Hey, i Brian Fisher. Uh, it's just great to come out and get back to the community. Uh, Georgia Spartans putting on a real good thing, Street 94.5. and just happy to be here. That's what's up, that's what's up. So, tell me a
0: little bit about Spartans. You know, I mean, people probably already know, but you know. Okay, so we actually was founded in 2011. We've been around for nine years. Um, we heavily involved in community back to school events, Atlanta Turkey Drive, Christmas in Paradise, where we actually sponsor 100 foster kids, give them dinner holiday things, um, annual Learn to Live Health Expo in all three counties, <laughs> and also, um, of course, the back to school drive we're doing here today, and we're also doing one on August 22nd in Lithonia with America. A lot going on in the city of Atlanta and just the whole world in general. We're dealing with a virus. Um, gun violence and police brutality. So why is it important that these events still happen in the midst of what's going on? Because Everything going around right now, everybody, everybody needs hope and just, uh, just a break. So we wanna just provide some free supplies to everybody right now um, and just give them hope and just give back to the community that gives back to us every year. So Carmisha, did you do any production work over the summer?
1: Yes, jay Shah, I actually did. Um, I had the opportunity to interview Ms. Latanya, who is a senior staff member at the International Civil Rights Center and Museum um, that's located here in Greensboro, North Carolina. She basically just talked to me a little bit more about activism and, like, some of the protests that were going on in the Greensboro community. So,
3: yeah. Wow. Can we take a listen? Yes, we sure can. Young people don't just think... Um, police brutality, we need to be thinking policy, okay? Think across the board, not just police brutality, but let's think about training. What causes police brutality? What's in the mind of those policemen who, um, who, who commit this action? So how do you think we can
1: get young people to you know, have that broader type of thinking? Okay. I,
3: honestly, invite them here, which we do. We have lessons for you. You know, people have asked me, knowing that I work here, you know, what do you think about how, you know, the protests have gone? They've taken such a negative uh, tenet in some places. And my response is, I don't condone it, but I understand. Once you've become so frustrated, once you've become so angry, because in my opinion, black Americans have been in the prone position for far too long. The institution has had its knee on the neck of black america far too long so i understand when you feel that you're helpless and nothing's changed you don't know what else to do you act out i get it i can't tell you how mad to be but i believe that here at this institution we can tell you how to be mad how to channel that into something that's constructive something that is progressive and productive, okay? So instead of being in a state of destruction, we can show you how to take that same energy and make it constructive and progressive and productive.
1: 10 years from now, looking back on this
3: situation, what story would you want to be able to tell? The story that I'd love to be able to tell Mm -hmm. from this institution's perspective as that once again, young people just like you, Carmesha, have harnessed the power of their youth, that they have built on the foundation that young people in 1950 and 1960 laid, and they built on that and took it to a new level, that they broadened the net, the broaden the scope of their protest, um, and that they've, Creating significant change in this country. And through their own actions, they have embodied the message that we promote here, nonviolent protesting, direct action. Young people, you guys are such big consumers in the world. You just don't even understand the power that you pack. You have the power to change. It's not about might, not by might. But it's through your endurance, it's through your fortitude that you can change the world. We have um, a gallery in this museum, it's called Changed World. And in that gallery, we have this beautiful mural there, this myriad pictures of people who lent their hands and their minds to the protest. And I'd love to, 10 to 20 years from now, be able to go into that gallery and see pictures of your face and your peers on there as people who've changed the world, taken us to the next level, created policy change in this world that lays another foundation that young people that come behind you can build upon. 20 years from now, I want you to be anchoring on CNN and telling this story that I witnessed where my generation picked up the mantle and continued the work and brought this world to another level of equality and change. What specific things do you think that the Civil Rights Museum can do to be involved with the change? Well actually Carmesha we have already um, enacted a plan we have participated and partnered with our local police Guilford County for Forsyth County as well bringing their cadets here uh, with training uh, with civil rights training learning more about our message here and hoping that that will have an impact to um, promote more more of a humane approach to policing. So that's something that we've already done here and, and hope to continue. But it is also our hope that we can connect with young people and those who are participating in activism today, that they can come here. We invite you to come here, join us, go through the experience here at the museum and learn the story, learn the foundation that's here. But also we hope to uh, create training, uh, leadership training opportunities here to teach you how to be constructive with your activism and protesting. This institution is not just a a museum that holds historical information and artifacts, but we are a center of education. And and it's not our mission to be activists ourselves, but we are a facility that can educate those who want to be leaders. We believe that civil rights leaders possess a distinctive set of characteristics and standards, and um, very much different than the standard of leadership that is more often taught, and it's our hope that we can help young people and those who wish to step into those shoes to to learn those standards, to learn those qualities. We invite you to come here, we're here for you to help educate you on the lessons that are embedded in this facility, in this institution, to help you, to help bring up a new generation of leaders who can effectively create change in this country.
1: So towards the end of the summer, we had a Zoom meeting um, just to go over the plans for the fall. So in the meeting, we basically just heard it from President Walsh that, you know, we're going to have to continue our fall semester with virtual learning just because of the safety of the school and they want to keep us safe and just, yeah, just play it safe. So when when I had heard that we're going to have to do school virtual this semester I was kind of a little bit saddened because I'm just like like this is my junior year I, I would prefer to be on campus but mm-hmm. then again I, like where she was coming from you know because she's looking out for the interests of her students and I didn't want you know anybody else to get infected
0: or sick or anything like that I would definitely agree you know it was it was hard hearing the news because over the summer we were like no we're gonna go back and then at moments we'll be like no we, we, we're not going back <laughs> but then just was, to hear the news yeah yeah so just to hear the news it was like okay it is what it is we're just going to have to you know we have to be strong during the semester and you know just pray that we can go back to Bennett because I miss Bennett don't you miss Bennett Misha I miss Ben and I just feel like I took it
1: for granted. Like I'm just thinking, oh like all the, yes. all the all the Miss um takeovers I miss. I miss lunch. I just miss everything about Ben. Just saying hey and bye people, seeing certain professors. Like it's just not the same.
0: It's really not. Yeah, it's not the same. So the difference with this semester and last semester is that we're doing a mini semester schedule. So whereas before where we had mentioned that we just had to pick up where we left off and take all our classes at once. This time we're taking about like two or three classes at a time for seven weeks and we meet for like three hours. So for me, I really do like this type of scheduling because I just feel like it's, I'm capable of taking my time. Yes, the classes are a bit long but you don't have to worry about keeping track of as many different assignments and classes at once. And it definitely allows us to stay
1: focused and just um, worry about those specific classes in that moment in time and then once we're done with that then we just switch to the next mini master. One thing that I would say that works better for Zoom than in person is basically, like, comfortability. Like, you can be in the comfort of your own home while learning at the same time. So that may be beneficial for some people. Um, but other than that, everything is pretty much the same as what we would be doing in person. Like, you're still going to get called on, answer questions. Um, you still got to have discussions. <laughs> you still got to do assignments. So... I feel like it's the same thing. It's just virtual and it just allows you to be more comfortable. And you still have to be on camera too. So you still have to look decent. So I would say that's probably the only thing that probably works better for
0: certain people. I would say for me that I feel like I'm kind of forced to like kind of like pay attention now a little bit because maybe in class I may just like start looking at something else. But then you're kind of like, I could start looking at something else at home too. So I really don't know. I feel i mean and and you, it's easy for you to get called out like if
1: you're on your oh, phone yeah as it's like you can really do it real quick while the teachers like have their back towards us but on zoom like your camera's on cut off so then it's going to be a problem of like why is your camera off when we can't see you? here's some highlights from our virtual classes we're taking right now Jayshan and i will be back to give you some future predictions and also keep you updated on what's going on on next week's show all right Carmisha All right, so um, my research proposal project is going to be about music content regulation, but for high school students. So music comes in many forms, such as education, tradition, expression, art, protest, awareness, therapy, and things of that sort. So this research connects with media law and ethics because number one, it's talking about um, media regulation, which we talked about, and I'm gonna also be interviewing high school students ages 14 and 17 to see what type of music they listen to, whether that be clean or explicit, and the regulations behind those certain platforms they use. And I also wanted to examine like, how do they think music should be regulated? Number one, I chose this topic because I'm interested in finding out the statistics of what version of music, high school students prefer to listen to, and number two, I like music, so it kind of just go hand in hand. So, thank you all first for listening to our journey of how you know life was for us six months ago up until now. Um, Jason, what do you think that life is going to look like from six months to a year from now?
0: I honestly think that citizens all over America are just going to move in Normacy on their own, like they're really not going to pay attention to like the precautions and things like that. It's just like well it looks like covid is over, so it's over to us, but really it isn't over. So that's what I think. I think that people are just going to start going back into some type of normalcy on their own and not really, you know, think about the precautions.
1: I do also believe though that people are going to be a little bit more cautious and like they might wear their mask and things a little bit more now because a lot of deaths had happened in a lot of people's families. Mm -hmm. So um I believe people are gonna go by just being a little bit more cautious about what they're doing and how they're moving, making sure they're washing their hands and doing things of that sort. Stuff that we should have been doing.
0: So So like as
1: far as school, like do you
0: think we'll go
1: back to campus? Prayerfully, prayerfully um I hope that we will go back in the spring but like from a common sense standpoint I feel like they might just be like it's not that much time like we're gonna go back for a couple of months and then we're gonna have to come home for again for the summer so they might just kind of let us finish off this year virtual and then transition in the fall back to being on campus what do you think that's gonna happen
0: Jaysh? Yeah, I think I'm kind of, you know, on that side of things. I don't want to be, but, you know, I'm, you know, like you said, prayerfully. So praying every day that we get to go back to campus because I miss Bennett so much. But no matter what, we'll be here every week on Bell Air Radio. Starting next week, we'll have a special Halloween edition show. Carmisha, do you like Halloween?
1: huh jasha i honestly do not care for halloween (laughs) like that um i mean i do like the candy and i kind of like the the part where people can dress up and you know be somebody who they really aren't for a day but as far as like all the scary and the monsters and creatures (laughs) and
0: all that other stuff
1: (laughs) what about you what about
2: you
0: I love, I mean, I love Halloween. You know, I like to dress up, you know, be a little cute for the day. Candy now, you know, I got to be careful. Might get some cavities, but, you know, yeah. (laughs) But listen, the haunted house and stuff, though. Count me out. I just feel like, why why should
1: I pay to be scared? Or why should I, why do I have to go around town just scared? Thank you all for joining us today here on Bell Air Radio. Make sure you tune in every Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Series XM, channel 142, HBCU. HBCU. Peace.